Hello and welcome to episode 233 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Joining me as always is the virulent League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League. How you going there, mate? I'm going very well. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm That's in good. good health. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there. I reckon if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd say I am... I don't know. I'm probably about 68%. Okay. And to put that in perspective, what were you at yesterday? Yesterday, when we did the live episode on YouTube, I was probably at about six, 61%. Okay. So it's a modest increase, but it's an increase yeah. in the right direction. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, the thing that's different today is there's less coughing. It's less frequent. And my voice, I don't know if you can tell my voice, it's a little bit better. So, it is sounding um it is sounding better, yes. Yeah. It's not one hundred percent yet, but it's getting there. It's getting there, it's getting there. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Small steps. Exactly. Small steps. Now obviously it'd be wrong of us to go any further before we mention manscaped.com. Yeah, it's look, it is more than just a website where you can purchase the sort of gear you need to make sure that you can present your genitals in their best look, in their best form. It's a lifestyle, you know. You go to manscaped.com, you pick up all sorts of, of things to make your life better, not only for yourself, but for your special person in your life. You know, so you go to manscaped.com and you put in our exclusive code. We chose this code for our listeners and that code is NRL. You put that in, you get 20% off and free shipping. You get a 30-day money-back guarantee. And let me tell you, you, you buy anything off the Manscaped website and you are going to love it. It is the best of the best, the best equipment you could have to Manscaped your genitals. Beautiful, mate. You should do ads more often. I really should. You know what yeah. we need? We need more sponsors to go with we- Manscaped. We do. And yeah. I mean, God, listen to these last you know, few hundred episodes, but we've had Manscaped on board. I'm sure it's a few hundred. Mm. Um, surely that's that's a good show reel. It really is. Like Manscaped, board. it's been seamless. Us and Manscaped, it's been like a, a match made in heaven. We've always been about that Manscaped lifestyle, smooth balls, all that sort of stuff. So when Manscaped approached us, said listen we want to give all of your listeners 20 percent off and free shipping we we're like you know what we're gonna let you and from there it's just been fantastic we know we've had um some of our listeners buy from manscaped they've been very happy with it so yeah you know, i know you and me we received manscaped products i'm manscaped right now i'm like i'm ready to rock i might be 68 percent in terms of my health but downstairs I'm 100%. And that's what matters most. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Big week in footy. We're looking at the last round of the regular season, round 20. Yeah. Um, pretty much 95% of the players who have played it over the last, you know, 19 weeks mm-hmm. have been rested this week. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe when I saw the Canberra side, hey. The Canberra one, the Melbourne one. I think Melbourne's got, someone told me a record, I think this is the first time that a team has fielded a team that has no one in it that played in exactly the same position as they did the week before. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. That's quite a quite a feat. It's made for uh, a really cool round of footy, though, hey? Oh, it has. I mean, that, um, that Sharks versus Raiders game. Mm-hmm. Sure, defence wasn't great in there, but some of the attack we saw from a lot of those young guys, that was pretty damn impressive. And it really the was. Way, the way Canberra were playing, it was almost like the, all those young guys were saying, I'm not doing this just because it's a one-off thing. I'm I'm playing like this because I want to I want to have a crack in the finals. And yeah, I think and really... Ricky Stewart got in a situation where he, he might have a few headaches now. Yeah, they, they really took it to the Sharks. The Sharks are done. It, like... The Sharks are just completely done. Their season's all but over. Next week, they're as good as a bye in the first round um, in the finals. 
the this Sharks team and that, like they literally rested all of their best players. They really should have smashed the Raiders and they didn't. They got smashed by them. So that was a really fantastic effort by the Raiders and, and all their replacement plays. you got to remember, too, these dudes aren't playing reserve-grade games. Like, they're just training during the week. Yeah. i tell you what, and I've been seeing these praises for a while now, as regular listeners would know, mm-hmm. that Tom Starling looked a million bucks out there for the for the uh, Raiders. He really I'd, did, yeah. I'd be having him as the uh, the their top-line pick for hooker next year ahead of um, Hod- Hodgson. Yeah, 100%. He was so uh, spark, so fast, so creative. And, you know, he was making line breaks as well. Mm. And that kick he did back in field for Williams to score. Oh, man, that's just brilliant. And he had a great game. Yeah, he really did. The um, Dynamis Louie, he had a fantastic game as well for the yeah. Raiders. Uh, and just like there weren't too many players across the park for them that didn't play well or that didn't play above themselves. Like, even Sam Williams, like, he was fantastic. Um, you know, it was really cool to see these young guys get a run against a team who everyone thought they probably were going to lose against, and they put a big score on the Sharks. Admittedly, the Sharks did rest a handful of players about an hour from kickoff, mm-hmm. um, which I must admit, I kind of thought that they would do that. Yeah. But... I can't see how it's a smart idea to do it just an hour before kickoff. No. Like, even if they knew it leading up to the game, but I, I don't know. I I think that some teams, there's different needs you have going into the finals. Like, some teams need to go out and smash an opposition. Some teams need to get a grinding win. And I think the Sharks were one of those teams that kind of needed to put their best team out there and to kind of go out and improve to themselves what they can do at their best. And to decide to not do that and then lose against the second-string Canberra Raiders team, and then next week you play the first-string team, I just think it's been a disaster for them. Yeah, it, it's been a very bad move. And I think what they, as you were getting out, they really needed to come out and say, you know what, we need to beat this team. That way, they've got a bit of confidence knowing that they can beat them when they have to play them next week. Mm-hmm. But instead, they came out and it was points galore. Defense was atrocious. Mm-hmm. You kind of expected the defense to be a little bit poor from the Raiders side, given it's their second string team. Yep. But that Sharks defense, man, that was bad in the first half. They were a lot better in the second half. That first half, they were shocking. Yeah, they really were. And like, I. I don't know what you do if you're the Sharks going into next weekend. I, I Like, all the psychological stuff you've got to overcome. Like, you just got smashed by the second-string side, now you're playing the first-string side. I, I, you know, and that's not even looking at what you can do with your lineup and what you do on the field. I, I just think it's it's already all over for them, unfortunately. Yeah. I think they kind of knew it would be as well. What, yeah. what they've got to do is try and find a way to make sure that um, the game next week is not a flogging. Because I think a lot of those young players they've got there, who are going to be coming through, especially young Braley and the two young halves they've got on the side, mm-hmm. they will benefit from having a competitive showing in the finals. Yeah. Even if they lose. If they lose in the games like 18 to 14 or something like that, that's going to be a pretty good result for the Sharks. Mm-hmm. But if they go in there and they get dick for 40 odd points... Uh, yeah, it's not going to be good for them long term. Yeah, because um, we saw getting dicked in the first week of the finals did for the Broncos last year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, I guess it started the rot, really, didn't it? Yeah, that's where a lot of things were uncovered, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, You didn't see much of the West Tigers versus Eels game, but it was, it was really, really entertaining. Yeah, you know, I... And this is not about me being a, a sore loser and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think it is. Uh, I, I, I like to see games where I know there's going to be a contest. Mm-hmm. And because the Tigers genuinely had nothing to play for, people will say, oh, you know, it was Benji's and, and Lawrence's last game. Yeah, for a lot of players who have never, haven't really played that much with those two guys, yeah, it doesn't really mean much to them. But... Parramatta also 
didn't really have much to play for. It was just a training run for them. And they kind of treated it that way from the bits and pieces that I saw. I don't know. I mean, the the Eels, by getting the win, they got themselves up to third place. If they hadn't won the game, they were going to be in fifth place. And they would have had to have played all week, every single weekend of the finals. At least next week, they've got the chance to earn a weekend off. Um, True. And they get a second chance, you know. But, but I, I don't think there'd be many people actually thought the Paramount were going to go into that match and come out having lost, given that they didn't rest that many players, if any. Yeah, that's true. But I tell you what, the the Tigers, they really competed for most of the game. If their goal kicking had been better, they win this game by about four or six points. Um, Benji going out after 17 minutes, he got hit in a tackle where he did his MCL and he broke his ribs. And I think he also broke his nose in the one tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, that was... That was the worry for me is that I do I'm I'm confident that Benji can play at any team he wants to next year and be a very positive influence to you know the side he goes to. Mm-hmm. But if he's done his ACL, I know they were saying his MCL. But if he's done his ACL, I don't think anyone's going near him. Yeah, you know what? It was his MCL. Did I say ACL? Did I? No, no, you, you did okay. say MCL. I was just. I I hadn't heard the update. I only heard what they were saying during the um the broadcast, and they were saying it could be his ACL. They were checking for it. Yeah, it, um, it was his MCL at the end. Oh, that's he, he, he was walking around after the match. Um, it, it was interesting post match. Did you see what happened post match? I saw some of the um the conference afterwards. Yeah, well, not conference. The the on on ground presentation thing where Benji just pretty much downplayed anything about him and just made it all about Chris Lawrence. Yeah, I found it interesting. It felt like Benji Marshall was along the lines of like, this isn't the end of my career. Talk about no, the other bloke. He has pretty much made it clear that he has every intention of playing next year. Mm. Um, he's he's not thinking about retiring at all. No. And I think this year he's shown that he, do, he, he doesn't have to retire yet. No. Like if you look at the at the careers and the performances – of, say, Darius Boyd compared to Benji Marshall oh. right now, you'd say, yeah, Darius Boyd needs to retire. Yeah. But Benji Marshall, you, go, you know, was it two years ago when he first came back to the Tigers? Mm-hmm. He he made his game evolve, so it catered to the way he was now as an older player, and it worked, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's kept working. And the only problem he's got in his game, it's the problem he's had since he came into grade, was his defense is, is not good. Yeah. And the only difference between when he came into grade in 2003-2004 and now is that teams are now a lot smarter at isolating a poor defender and, and exploiting them than they were when he first came into, into the competition. Mm-hmm. And the Tigers' defense has never been good, and they're not good at stopping that from happening. They've, all year, they've had Brooks being isolated and Benjamin isolated. It's one on either side, and it's just they've never fixed it. No. And I don't know how. No. You know. But, you know, you buy a few wingers, a few centres, you know, that'll fix it. <laughs> just just buy all the wingers. That's what all need. the wingers. That, yeah. Jordan Rapana will fix that. <laughs> uh, i tell you what, in this game, Luciano Leilua was outstanding. Again. Harry Grant was outstanding. Um, Adam Dewey playing at 5'8 when Benji went out was fantastic. I like I know you've been saying he'd be an option at 5'8. I didn't see it. But tonight, man, he was fantastic at 5'8. Um, He's got a much better command of the game at 6 than what mm-hmm. Luke Brooks does as well. Yeah, he and really does. I just wish just wish Dewey could have you know, full command of the team. So when he gets into there, he could be that commanding, dominant playmaker, and Brooks can run off him the same way Brooks runs off Benji. And I don't think it's beyond Dewey to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, a bigger chance that Dewey can be that halfback more than Brooks can be. Yeah, but we saw, moment, when, yeah. We, we saw tonight, too, that Brooks does have a few tricks. He, he, he is a good player, um, and that's where he's at. He's a good, not great. He's not... One of these players who you're going to find is going to be thrown up in origin contention talk all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just going to be, you know, 
good, solid six and a half, seven out of ten sort of thing. That's sort of going to be his range. Yeah. It, so it's going to be interesting next year when Mbai's playing five eighth and Dewey's in the back row. <laughs> well, actually, we won't have a hooker because you know. So Dewey will probably be at nine. Uh hello, Josh Reynolds. He ain't going nowhere. <laughs> He'll be fullback. Well, yeah, there's that opportunity. Play him at fullback. Oh, no, they'll have to put him on the wing because they're going to sign Josh Carter to be fullback. That's right. But then yeah. when, where do you play uh, Jordan Rapana? Centres? Oh, yeah, he's centre, yeah. Momorowski will be on the other wing, and Noffel Luma will probably have to go into the front row somewhere. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it'll be something like that, you know. Yeah. You 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 worry about numbers on plays backs later on. It's that's irrelevant stuff. Well, next year when they say you've got to nominate your forwards, and the West Tigers go, ah, all of them, it's going to be awkward. <laughs> yeah, everyone can be a forward. Just, yeah, what they do is they say, right, we're going, we've got first first seventeen rounds. I'm just going to pick the seventeen players, and every week, everyone's jumping. We'll just move along one. Yeah. Yeah, so everyone gets a chance to be a fullback for a week. Do you reckon Tamo next year is the captain? Um, I think they'll probably leave it with with Mbai. Mm-hmm. But I'd prefer Tamo to be captain. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Mbai, I don't... I can't even see. This is... This is my problem with Moses and Bai, is I don't see how you fit him into the West Tigers side, and that's that's pretty harsh given the quality of squad they have. Yeah, well, like I'm watching them tonight, and they really they they competed. They did really well. And I'm thinking to myself, like I don't switch any of these plays for Mbai, not one of them. Yeah, I look at them and go. Does bringing Mbai to this side make them better? And the answer is, I wouldn't know. It doesn't seem any different. And to me, that's that speaks volumes. Yeah. And imagine if they sat out a player for a whole year on $900,000, just one player. Well, they've kind of done before with some of those players that Ivan signed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Speaking of Ivan, Speaking how good was Ivan. his team today? Yeah, they they... As I said in a tweet today, they were just taking the piss today, the Panthers. Yeah, in the, in the first probably, I reckon, half hour, they were throwing the ball about. They were, I think they were doing what you've kind of got to do against a team like the Bulldogs. When you're that much better than them, you've got to kind of chase some points and see what you can do. And then they sort of settled down a bit from that. And then they kicked up a gear again. And when they did that, it was like... They started playing some Harlem Globetrotter-style football. Um, just absolutely outstanding. To to do 42 points to nil, like that's, the, that's what you would want to see against a team like the Panthers in the last round, 15 wins in against the second-last-place Bulldogs where they had nothing to win. Like it was – you couldn't ask for more than that, I thought, especially when you consider some of the players they had rested as well. Yeah, you know, the one thing that I like about Penrith, and this is something that they've done for every single rugby league fan this year, mm-hmm. is that they could have gone out there and won that game by, you know, around, around about 140-odd points. Mm-hmm. But they knew we all wanted to see the Broncos come last. Yeah. So they just weren't easy on the dogs to make sure that they sent a message to everybody saying, we can flog teams, but we also want to give people what they want. Mm-hmm. They scored plenty of points. They ensured the Broncos come last. Parents wins. You know who's upset about this? Yeah, and it, they're like it caps off. I got to say, when they brought out the JJ Gilton and trophy, I got teary. Hey, I didn't think I would, but I'm looking at that beautiful old trophy and all the history behind it and stuff, and all these young players who, like, they were just so excited. And they, or there were so many Panthers fans there. And I did. I started tearing up. It was just amazing. So they finished the season with a 9-0 record at home. They were 9-1 away from home. They've won 15 in a row, I believe it is now. Uh, they 
have the best for and against in the entire competition. They've beaten everyone in the competition. It's just, it's like this dream season. They're one of, they're now the 13th team in the history of the New South Wales Rugby League slash ARL slash NRL to have won 90% of their games. It, it is absolutely incredible to have watched them this year. Absolutely. Like, you know I what? can't believe it. And the thing that got me today more than anything is everyone will gush over their attack because their attack is brilliant. They've got strike everywhere. Mm. But watching their defense, I was watching their defense today going, you know what? Every single time attack on there has been made, mm-hmm. there were two players there. Yeah. Like they're, they're always there helping each other out. And that's the difference between a good defense and the West Tigers defense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I'm like you, like everyone talks about their attack and I think they get caught into, and it, it used to happen to Newcastle as well. It's like, oh, their attack is amazing. Their attack is amazing. And and they do it with the Panthers as well. Overlooking their defense is ridiculous because it's all built on their defense this year. Mm. Um, they get numbers into the tackle. Their depth in their forwards, their depth off the bench means that they put in a full 80-minute performance. So it's like, you know, when Tamo comes off the field or Fish Harris comes off the field, you don't get a respite. And... You know, they even showed with their depth. They had uh, Dane Laurie playing at fullback. He was fantastic today. They had Matt Burton. I believe they played him a little bit in the centres. Like, they've got a a first-grade team that is legitimate, probably 24-man squad of legitimate first-grade footballers who should all be starting, if not at the Panthers, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Capewell, even. Like, he's back into the side. He played fantastic today. I, I just... It's been one of those seasons. It's like a dream season. And they were saying how it's the first time that a team has gone through with only one loss since 1959 when the Dragons did it. Like, these records that they're hitting are are proper all-time historic markers that we've very rarely seen. Exactly, yeah. It's, um, yeah, we never saw teams go through a season with just one loss. Um, not, Not in the limited tackle era. No. Which is crazy so, to think about. Mm, it really is. And to have had, let's be honest, it's basically 300 points difference. It's 299, yeah. you know. Um, that's pretty impressive after just 20 games. Well, how many just, teams just, have I mean, just, done 300? Well, just to show you, oh, it's happened a fair few times, obviously, yeah. with longer seasons and stuff. But after 20 games, just to show you how impressive that is, okay, so the... Panthers' points difference was mine was uh, two hundred ninety nine points. So we all know how how good that is. Mm-hmm. The Broncos' points difference was minus three hundred fifty six. So the Panthers were as good as the Broncos were bad. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> it and, uh, the Broncos have uh, also. Um, Historically, one of the worst things. I was looking at some stats today, and I was trying to organise a way to find out, you know, how how to determine just how bad they are. Mm-hmm. And pretty much every metric I used, they were in the bottom. They were in the sixteenth worst teams of all time. Yeah. Sometimes they were thirteenth. Sometimes they were fourteen. A lot of times they were sixteen. But it was always within that worst sixteen teams of all time. Mm-hmm. That's based on win percentage, um, points difference and um, points conceded per game. So they were they were atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, it's been it, it's been one hell of a season for the Broncos. And then when you see their best player does his ACL in the last game. Like, man, what a season from hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wouldn't like to be the coach taking over that job. No, it seems like more and more it's going to be Walters. Um, I, I, if I was him, I would not want the job. No, I'd be saying, you know what? Well, if I was the Broncos, I'd be saying we need to make Paul Green the coach and make Kevy an assistant coach. Because I think 
I think Kevin Walters needs to do more week in, week out footy coaching stuff before you give him a head coaching role in the NRL. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if I'm Paul Green, I say there's no chance I'm being coached if you're bringing Craig Bellamy in. No. They're just, they're just making a mess of this. They really are. Like, and, and we talked a little bit about this last night in the live one on the live podcast we did on YouTube, you know, if you're, if you sign a coach and you need to bring in the director of coaching above them, you've signed the wrong coach. Exactly right. You know, and there's no way around that. And as you say, like any coach that is worth anything, they, they're like, well, I'm not doing this job. If you're going to bring Craig Bellamy in, because I don't care how well you're going, Craig Bellamy is always going to be the shadow over your shoulder. Exactly, and it's not because okay, I can understand a coaching director in a crowded market like Sydney. Mm. Okay, when you're in Brisbane, you've got all the junior pathways set up. Mm. You've got an entire city. You know, you can even the Broncos at the end of this year, they can still attract pretty much any player they want because they've got the money, got the resources, got a city to themselves. They can still, they've still got all of that. So you don't need a coaching director there. I don't care how bad the team's running. Everything's set up already. It's been set up for decades. It's just, it's set up because you're the only team there. Mm. It's easy to set up when you've got no competition to deal with. So Craig Bellamy, of course, he's going to bloody sign up and do that. He, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll do that coaching director's role by fucking SMS. Mm. Yes, no, okay. Email me, job done. Put the phone down. I'm going to watch some TV. <laughs> I just think, like, how many good clubs have a coaching director? And the answer is none. And then, like, I even look at the Panthers situation where they had Phil Gould, and I know they called him a GM, but he was basically doing that coaching director sort of role. Yeah. And you look at the mess he turned that into. Because a coach, coaches have egos. Coaches think that they can make everyone do... If they make everyone do what they're supposed to do and what they told them to do, they'll win the premiership every year, you know? And that's why they go out and they bag the, the NRL and the rules and the referees and stuff, because it can't possibly be the coach's fault for losing games, because he knows what it takes. And so you get someone in there like, you know, Phil Gould, who thinks, well... We need to get Ivan Cleary as the coach. So he gets Ivan Cleary, but then he thinks Ivan looks tired. So he gets Anthony Griffin because Anthony Griffin's got a fantastic record. But then he sacks him when he's four games, you know, and he's in the top four. And then he brings back Ivan. And, of course, the first thing Ivan does is goes to the board and says, hey, get rid of Phil Gould. And so they do that. And remarkably, Penrith has this outstanding season when that happens. So I, I just don't think any good situation has any sort of coaching director because the, at the end of that day too, like say you were the coaching director right now at the Melbourne Storm, okay? You're the coaching director above Craig Bellamy. At what point does somebody sit you down and say, League Freak, what is it you actually do around here? <laughs> you know, because everything's working fine. You've got to make your... It's like the Graham Annesley thing. You've got to justify your job so you fuck with everything. And yeah. that's that's what ends up happening when you get a coaching director. That's right. Or you get a coaching director who just sits back and does nothing until it gets asked to do something. Yeah, but let's leave Melman and Gray out of this, okay? <laughs> <laughs> which segues nicely into our topic, you know, into the next piece, which is uh, you know, to do with the God Close Titans. Yes. Um, they expressed concerns for Tyrone Peachy's welfare as the Integrity Unit investigates allegations of racial abuse directed at Tyrone Peachy by a Knights player in Friday night's win at Seba Super Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I had no idea about this story until you mentioned it to me. Um, do we know who the players are who have alleged to have said this? Because from what this press conference is saying here, mm-hmm. the Knights know who the alleged players are. They've not named them. And it was mentioned to me a player. Okay. Um, I, I won't say who it is because no, it's all fine. allegations. But it yeah. was mentioned to me a player. So, it, yeah, it does seem that they know who it was. And 
I mean, if they if they know who it was and it's all proven, uh, I got no problems if you get sacked. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. We can't be dealing with this. We can't have this shit going on in the game anymore. No, no, it's like and to be honest, we've never really had that much of it, which is a good thing. But that mm. means that when we do come across it, we need to put the foot down on it fucking hard and tell everyone, you know what? We will not stand for this bullshit because it's completely pointless. It's utterly stupid. Yeah, you know what makes me really sad about this? Like, I love watching Tyrone Peach play. He's he's one of those players. And by the way, I was watching him. I was watching him uh, in this game against the Knights. I didn't see the whole game, but I saw a lot of it. And I was thinking how he looks like he's dropped a bit of weight. He look like he's looking really good the last few weeks. And so, and I love watching him play because he's got like those footballing instincts and you can put him anywhere on the field. He's going to do a job for you. And to think that someone's like looked at this dude and the first thing they've thought about is his skin color. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's sad that he's been out there playing footy and doing what he does best. And, you know, he's had this shit to deal with. It's like, if they know who it is and they can prove it and they can hear it on the microphones or they've got witnesses or whatever, just sack the fucking idiot. Get rid of him. Agreed. Agreed. Um, speaking of um, speaking of also other foolish play, there's an incident in the in the game today between the Panthers and the Bulldogs. Yeah. With uh, with um, Luke Thompson. Luke Thompson mm. and his fingers getting in a rather wrong position regarding James Tarmouse's head. Yeah, and look, it, it was. It was wide, right out in the open. So a lot of eye gouging, you see, it kind of happens when the players are down on the ground. Well, this happened when Tamo's standing upright, and Luke Thompson has his hand, like, wrapped around Tamo's head. And, uh, like, whether he meant to or not, his fingers are in Tamo's eyes. They're grouped together. So it's not like he had his hand splayed out. They're grouped together, and they're kind of cupping into his eyes. And it's, I mean, he was gouging his eyes, whether he meant to or not. Tamo played it down, um, especially after the match. But, I mean, it's 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 pretty damning. It I don't think it's along the lines of some of the incidents we saw last year. That no, were, God. you know, I mean, plays seeking out players' eyes. That, that was disgraceful. But yeah. it's it was still, I mean... It's kind of like when, uh, to me, it seemed like a situation where it's like, I didn't mean to hit him in the head, but I hit him in the head. You know, it's like, you didn't mean to eye gouge him, but he fucking eye gouged him. I'm sorry. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. There's no need. I've, I've said this last year. I'll say it again. There's no need for any rugby league player to have their hands around the face of any rugby league player. You're not going to affect any sort of useless, useful tackle by putting your hand around someone's face. No. So there's no need to be going there, accident or not. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have your hand there. Yeah. If you want to get the player down to the ground, you know, be a proper man. Use your muscles in your arms and tackle them on the biggest part of their body. Don't go for a weak point, like eye sockets. Mm-hmm. That's just grubby, pathetic behaviour. So, um, accident or not, I think all all eye gouging should be hit with a fucking long suspension, not five weeks either. It's got to be double no, figures. I agree, like months. Yeah, yeah. You know, because uh, yeah, it's 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 disgusting, and it was weird because when it happened, Tamo like they didn't get him to the ground. Tamo no. sort of stopped and looked around as if to say, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, so it, to it his was credit, he played it down in the end, but, you know, at the end of the day, it shouldn't come down to what Tamo thinks. We've got video evidence of it. They know what's happened. Yeah. They should just yeah. go straight away and say, you know what, this is not on. And they found with Hudson Young last year, the Raiders player, who was, you know, I think he had, did he have one or two cases of eye gouging? Yeah, I think it was two, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't put his hands in any players' faces now when he tackles. Yeah, that's, that's true. The, that's the result you want. And he's having a fucking great year. Mm-hmm. He's got that grubbish out of his game. He's tackling better. 
He's not going near people's faces. And people look at him going, man, this kid is an absolute bloody freak of, a, of an athlete. We're not looking yeah. at him going, oh, what if he's going to be a grub again? And it shows you that if you're willing to make the changes to your game to be a cleaner player, um, people will very quickly forgive you and move on from the, the, the mistakes you made in the past. So, uh, yeah, this Pommy, just like the last Pommy that used to be at the Bulldogs. There's <laughs> a situation here where he can either choose to be an absolute grub or he can change his technique so he's not breaking the people's faces with his fingers when he's in tackles. You know what? I think next year he'll be back in Super League. Oh, I think Trent Barrett will pick him every week. You reckon? I, I yeah, think Trent Barrett off- is his saviour. I think in the off-season he's going to negotiate to go back to, to England. That's my guess. I reckon he'll stay for at least a year. Okay. We'll see what happens, eh? You know why? Why? Because we've got summer coming up. <laughs> That's a good point. The Poms love our summer because they go, wow, it's not raining. They love getting sunburn, huh? Hey? Oh, they do. They do. And so Something he's got that coming up. He's going to love it. Yeah. And Sydney's summers aren't too bad. Unless, no, you, pretty... unless you get out, uh, out your way, it can get, can, you can get a few toasty days out there. Yeah, it gets into the mid-40s a lot in Western yeah. Sydney. But, uh, yeah, you can uh, have, some, have summers in Lakamba. You'll love it. Yeah, I'll be fine. Speaking of being fine, one of your favourite players of all time, Adam Blair, has announced that the game against Manly will be his last in the NRL. He is retiring after 15 seasons in the National Rugby League. He's played for the Storm. He's played for the West Tigers. He's played Uh. for the Broncos. He's played for the New Zealand Warriors. Just a servant to the game. So you said the word played a few times too many there. <laughs> he played some for the good Melbourne... years. I agree. He played for the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. So, yeah, well done, Adam Blair, on quite a long career. It's been a very long career sometimes. Hmm. Hmm. Someone told me he was at the West Tigers for four years. I went, fuck. <laughs> Oh, he shows only four years, man. I swear it was longer. I tell you what, some uh, some more news. More Craig news. Bellamy has said that he will retire as a head coach at the end of 2021, and he will pursue a part-time role. So that is going to be interesting. Um, it's a lot of speculation. He'll end up at the Broncos, as we talked before, as a, a uh, director of coaching. But... What chance he upgrades his mobile phone in twenty twenty two? Does he does he have an old mobile phone? Does he? He probably does. Yeah, he'll probably you'll get you'll you'll upgrade it so he can do all the you know he might use one of those tablets or something like that so he can just do all his work from home. I feel like Craig Bellamy would need to have like a a twenty dollar flip phone because if you look at how angry he gets during the games, I can't imagine he doesn't throw a phone from time to time. Actually, you'd have one of those. Nokia thirty three tens with the old hard case on it that traders used to have. Yeah, the with the big rubberized one. Yeah, that fucker would just bounce around everywhere, just <laughs> pinging against walls as he'd be bouncing around like a fucking squash ball for five minutes. <laughs> That'd be great. Ting 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 ting. Oh it's man, got, it's it's got like uh, the material around it is like those bouncy balls. You know those yeah. super bouncy balls. That's right. That'd be fantastic. Every time you go and watch him in the in the dressing shed there or in the coach's box, there's just a whole heap of assistant coaches all ducking for cover because his phone's fucking bouncing around everywhere still. <laughs> it's, it's like he threw it 10 minutes ago. The fucking <laughs> thing's still bouncing. <laughs> hey, do you reckon if he does become coaching director that he'd be sitting at home and just abusing the coach for making the wrong decisions and not the players anymore? It's a good question. Or, like, do you, like <laughs> imagine if as a coaching director... He's watching the games at home, feet up, super relaxed, like just super, super relaxed. And like when the Broncos are down by 68 points or something, he's like, ah, win next week. Don't worry about it. Just completely different to what he is as a coach. Oh, I'd love to see that. You know, you know what? See, what he could do is just say, you know what? 
I will go to every game in 2022 Mm -hmm. as a coaching director and sit in the coach's box. And you know what? I'll let the cameras come in. I'll put the microphone in there and you can have, you can have Craig Cam in there. I'll give all the media exactly what they want. And I got this camera on him in the, in the first game, he's sitting there and the, the Broncos, who he's the coaching director of, are just sitting there and they're getting absolutely dicked. And he's just sitting there saying, I wouldn't mind a beer. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's super calm. It's like, ah, I guess you can't win them all. Yeah. Never mind. It's like, oh, that was, you know what? You've got to give it to the opposition team. They're playing really well. Does anyone want tacos? tacos. Yeah. <laughs> tacos? Could you go with some tacos? <laughs> hey, hey, Kevy, can you just dip down and just just dip downstairs there to the Maccas and scrub me some uh, nuggets, please? Yeah, yeah sweet Ke- and sour sauce. Yeah, it's like it's like Kevy, Kev, stop fucking crying, right? Just go down and get me some fucking pies, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheese and bacon. You know, I want I want <laughs> to have a proper feet. You know, don't give me the shitty plain ones. I can I can get those at home, you know. Get some get something fancy. You know, here's five bucks, you know, grab something for yourself. Get, get some sauces too, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> Kev, stop crying. I'm doing you a favour. You don't need to cry because you're happy. Just it's fine, Matt. Don't worry about it. We're we're all happy to have you here, Kev. Come on. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> we love you, mate. We love you. Okay. But if you keep that shit up So God help me, I'll fucking kick your ass. All the former Broncos pull for you, mate. Well, apart from Gordon Tallis, but still. No one listens to him, other than Robbie Farrer. <laughs> He's not at this club, so you don't need to worry about it. It's all good, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see. Crying. Exactly like that, hey? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Mm. You could do, actually, you could just do a stand-up gig. How would he Wouldn't do that? Wouldn't that be fantastic? You sit there just doing comedy jokes the whole time. <laughs> and they'd be really, really like black humour. Yeah. Culturally insensitive stuff. Oh, like racist stuff. Well no, be. not racist stuff, just culturally insensitive. Could be to mm-hmm. anyone. Just, you know, the stuff that you just you you know it sails close to the wind, you go, Ooh, I dunno. Dunno. Yeah. The sort of just, stuff you wince at. Or you can just sit there and just shit on Brisbane the whole time. I mean, that's easy to do. The best joke that's been told in rugby league history, apart from every time the Poms name a coach, is uh, it's got to be Darren Lockyer's joke. <laughs> I right? knew you were going to go there. It has to be Darren Lockyer's joke. I'm not even going to repeat it. No. But People Darren can look Lockyer's that up. But yeah, that, yeah. That's, that was a good one. It was. Uh, it's still the gold standard of jokes in rugby league. It really is. <laughs> oh no! He, he could, Bellamy could just go up there and just shit on Brisbane the whole time. I think that'd be fantastic. That's what hey guys has done this year, eh? <laughs> exactly. So, hey guys, let's go and do something exciting in Brisbane. Like, like what? You go, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. What can you, you know, do in Brisbane? There is not much to do in Brisbane. That's you the. You can go and look at the Story Bridge. It's got lights on it. Like when when the big attraction in Brisbane, it's like. Well, let's go and see Wally Lewis's statue and then leave. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that Wally Lewis is actually at the venue at the same time all the time anyway. I mean, you can just see the real thing instead of the statue. Do you know, I I visited Brisbane twice, right? Stayed at the Stamford Plaza Hotel. I believe it's on the river. Um, very nice place. I don't know if it's still there or not, but anyway. Um, and the I stayed river or the hotel? Hey? The river or the hotel? I believe the river's been there for a while. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That, that's that's where all the sewage goes. Yeah, I, the, the hotel got flooded during. Remember they had those big floods in Brisbane. Oh it yeah. Got flooded, so I don't know if they or they changed or whatever. But I used to fly, stay at Stanford Plaza. Stayed there for the uh, Four Nations in the World Cup final, and uh, there was one time I was there. I was there for like two and a half days. I spent two hundred and fifty bucks on room service. Just me. <laughs> you would have been the most entertained person in Brisbane City. I, I really was. I ate so... <laughs> I had so many chocolate milkshakes. 
Like, I'm talking like, I must have had 10 chocolate milkshakes. <laughs> the problem with that is, all that sugar means you just stay awake, but you've got to endure more of Brisbane. Well, I just stayed in the hotel. I was like, this is great. You know, went and saw the, uh, they got like a, a, a walkway down by the river. I can't remember what it's called. Um, there's a name for it. They call it something. Yeah, it's nothing stupid. special. I know. But it, part, parts of it broke off during the floods. Oh, did it? Yeah, it was like a pontoon or something. Like that. It was all like floating down the river. So, so, so if you go to Vanuatu or something, you'll see part of that walkway. Yeah, yeah. Up there, Vanuatu, and they were like, "Hey, look at this. This looks interesting." And then they went to it, and I'm like, "No, nah, it's not that interesting, actually." It's from Brisbane. They yeah. probably put in a probably put in um in a ship and said, "Yeah, can we send this back by Australia Post to Brisbane? We don't want it. <laughs> we don't care if it gets lost in the mail. We don't want it. Just get yeah. rid of it." <laughs> Ah, Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane, uh, Brisbane and Townsville. You don't have to go to either place. No, that's true. Um, yeah, so it's been a big big year for uh, for Queensland in, in the rugby league. Um, yep. Titans have proven that they are now the uh, they are now the top side in Queensland. Yep. As I said in, in uh, the live show yesterday, the Titans end up with having won more games this year than the, the Cowboys and the Broncos combined. Yeah, it's kind of incredible, hey. So. I think, I think if um, Nick Livermore, who we had on as guest, who was running the Brisbane Bombers, if he wants any chances of uh, getting his bid up, he might have to move him to the Gold Coast. You reckon? Why's that? Well, Brisbane Brisbane's struggling to survive with the one team it has. Mm-hmm. Gold Coast is where all the action's at at the moment. So he might as well just put another team on the Gold Coast. Did you see that news during the week where they were saying the Redcliffe Dolphins? Have a hundred million have, dollars in assets. I have seen that the Redcliffe Dolphins are getting a bit of traction in the media. Yeah, it's interesting because I was thinking like, okay, they got a hundred million dollars in assets. That doesn't mean anything unless you sell them assets. That's correct. And I, I, I wonder if their home ground is is part of those assets. Well, they were saying, and this is funny. Any time, I don't know why it is, but. In Australian Rugby League media, which is a bunch of fucking alcoholic sociopaths, that, and I'm not, I'm not picking anyone else, anyone out in particular. I'm just blanking at everyone with that statement. Yeah. Um, it's a generalisation. Well. And a safe one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they, they mix up the word boutique with stadium is way too small. <laughs> It's like it's a boutique <laughs> stadium of eleven thousand. It's like that's not an NRL stadium. That's what the fucking St Mary Saints have a bigger stadium than that. You dickheads. That's not boutique. That's not what boutique means. Yeah, even even Wagga realised that Eric Wiseloval wasn't big enough, and I think he could hold twelve thousand. Yeah, <laughs> fucking boutique. Boutique, eh? How very cheek of them. Hmm. There's nothing in Queensland's boutique at all. No, no. So yeah, that, that's uh, interesting news. Yeah, I, it I is guess that'll go quite pretty soon. You know what? I feel as though it's going to go the opposite way. I feel as though out of the blue, a team is going to be put on in in Brisbane. I feel like we will wake up one day and uh, fucking Mister Golden Dick. Peter Volandis with his fucking horse race, he's going to, he's, one day we're just going to wake up and it's like, oh yeah, we gave the Bri- second Brisbane team license to ABC and they're going to be in next year. I think it's going to happen like that. That's funny is that I remember before Volandis came in that that was probably the sort of leadership you, you would have liked to have seen at some stage. Remember you were talking about how you, you said all along that what the rugby league needs is a dictator. Hey, this isn't and, about me, Andrew. And no, no, hear me out. Okay. I I would have been in the same the same um, you know, mode of thinking as you on that. Yeah. And I've now come to realise that maybe that's not what we want. <laughs> well, you know, when okay, I've got to put my head up here, right? When that's what John Hopper said. When <laughs> I said that rugby league needed a dictator. I really kind of meant me. Yeah. 
You know, because it's like when people say, uh, you hear some people that think they're educated. They say, oh, Marxism's a pretty good system if you look into it. And it's like, oh, really? Has it ever worked? And they go, no, no. But with the right person in charge, I think it could. What they really mean is them. They really <laughs> exactly like them. right. Yeah, they mean that, like, if I was the fucking dictator in charge. And so I guess what I meant is when rugby league needs a dictator, it needs to be me in charge. I didn't think that we'd get someone in charge that, you know, couldn't pronounce the fucking sport for starters. Second of all, wanted tribalism back, whatever the fuck that means. And third, just fucking made up rules every second week. Uh, what what rule would you come in that was just absolutely fucking nuts? A crazy rule. Yeah. Um, that makes no sense, doesn't have any positive value whatsoever and doesn't really have any real... <laughs> Need, purpose, value, doesn't add anything to the game. You know what I? That, you know what I'd bring in? What? What? I'd change the tackle order around so the fifth tackle's got to be at the third. So to go one, two, three, five. No, one, two, five. Yeah, one, two, five, three, four. Okay. You got to kick on the third every time, and then you can get the ball back, and you get two more tackles. Hmm. It's nonsense, and it would completely fuck the game up. But we need more kicks in the game. You know what I would do? I would I would bring Laurie Daly in and say, Laurie, tell me more about these forward passes on the fifth tackle you've talked about for 20 years and just entertain him on it and then send him away and let him talk about it in the media and then come out and say, I'm making a big rule change. And when somebody says, is this about Laurie Daly's rule change? I'll be like, fuck no. <laughs> Fucking stupid idea. You know what I'd do? What? I'd send a letter to Andrew Johns and say, mate, give me your three best ideas. I'm going to make them war. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> what would be you a ridiculous know. a ridiculous rule change you could bring in, though, that, like, people were, like, aghast at? Um, 11 aside. Yeah. Um, 12-man scrums. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so you've got to bring on an extra player. Yeah, just have the scrum. Yeah. Um, and oh, what, what's something else you could probably do? Unlimited interchange. What if? What if? Be <laughs> unlimited interchange, but you can only have one bench player. How about this? <laughs> Instead of the goalposts looking how they do now, which is a giant H, right? You get it so that they go up from the crossbar, they go up ten meters, and then they they go towards each other in like a diamond shaped and you have to kick it through there to get a conversion. There's an idea. That'd actually be interesting. Have the goalpost in the shape of an N for an NRL. Yeah, that's a good idea. There we go. And you you can have the crossbar Mm -hmm. go between the two ends and if you kick it in the gap between the the top part of the pointy part of the N and the crossbar you can get an extra point or you can go for the wider gap on the other side of the end and just get about, two points. Okay. I got a better idea. What about you have the, the you have the goalposts, right? But at the part where the, the two goalposts go up past the crossbar, those parts are moving back and forth. Like it's like, it's like, you know, them clowns that their heads go, but like <laughs> that's how they go in and out. But you've got a shot clock, right? So you can't wait all the time for them to be wide out. You've got to kick it when you kick it, man. You know what else? There's actually, to go with that, Yeah. you have you get two shots. Mm-hmm. Okay, one is a place kick, the other is a field goal. So mm-hmm. you, you, have, you do the place kick while you're holding a footy. Yeah. And if you can knock both of them over, the place kick and the field goal, you get three points. I like that. And then... That'll the be other, after every try. The other thing is, too, the opposition team can rush up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. From any direction. Oh, I've got a better idea. The opposition coach, right... Can rush you. What? Can rush you as well. No, no. you've got I'm Trent Barrett coming at you. I'm thinking paintball gun. From the stands. Yeah, yeah. But they're not, but not the, with paintball yeah. in. It's it's full. The paintball gun instead of having things of paint, it's got like 
uh, like bear spray in it. <laughs> I was going to say, so, tra- tranquilizer darts. Imagine, imagine that. you come to kick and then you get a tranquilizer dart to the leg and all of a sudden your leg just stops moving. <laughs> <laughs> they put the same shit in they had in fucking Langland's fucking <laughs> grand final. Dead in your leg. Oh, oh man. These are great ideas. They really are. Andrew they, Johns. Yeah, Andrew Johns would be like, man, I like these ideas. Yeah. You know what also, they should also do is, is have the um, have have the the sidelines in the in goal wider than they are for the rest of the field of play. Just, be, just so that you can allow every player who deserves a try more chance of actually getting that try they deserve. Imagine if someone brought. Imagine if Peter Volandi said, "We're changing the in goals, right, so that the corners are rounded off in goal." Just something <laughs> weird like that, she, and unnecessary. You know, they, you know what they should do? Yeah. No lines in the in goal. That's just just plant the ball down over the line anywhere you like. There's no sideline. There's no dead ball line. You've got that whole bit of grass after the zero meter line. You got all that grass there to get the ball down. I'm just thinking what you get, right? <laughs> then you get somewhere like Penrith. So at the uh, southern end of the stadium, you just fucking bulldoze what's there and have like an in-goal area that's like about 50 metres. So yeah. Cleary puts the kick up and it's if, you know, you're just scrambling for it, 50 metres in goal. It'd be great. Yeah. I mean, everyone will want to play at the SCG then. Yeah, yeah, they would. Roosters would go pretty well. The Storm will move all their games to the MCG. Yep, that's true. Yeah, this is actually let's 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 be honest, Kate. There's an agenda here, as there always is with me. I'm full of agendas mm-hmm. because the Tigers are intending on having about 17 wingers next year. <laughs> and if we've got all the wingers parked out on the edges, and you've got no sidelines in the end goal, you just put a fucking bomb up in the corner and just let you. 17 wingers vie for the ball. Yeah. Opposition's got no chance against that. We will win every game. Yeah, the only time you won't score a try is when Joey Lalu has done something fucking stupid 30 metres back upfield. <laughs> Which is like only 40% of the time. Yeah, yeah, that'll be every second week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? These, these are great ideas. Yeah. We can, we can go to administration with these ideas. Uh, what else has been going on? Nothing else, eh? That's about it in rugby league. We talked a, a lot of about a lot of stuff last night on the podcast, the live podcast. So if you go to our YouTube page, and not this podcast, obviously, because you'll see that pop up, but the one previous, we did a live one. I think it's tagged as Roosters versus Sydney Roosters. Uh, sorry, Rabbitohs versus Roosters. Um, check that out because we talked a little bit about the the Toronto Wolf Pack. Um, talked about the worst. We had we read out some emails. Talked about the worst team in the NRL if you picked a play from each team and then one wild card. It was a really good fun episode, eh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we had an absolute hoot of a time. Yeah, we would have uploaded it onto the podcast itself, but. We went for like three and a bit hours, and it become too big <laughs> to yeah, turn into it... an audio file. We, we're not that we're not that skilled with technology yet. Well, our interns aren't anyway. That's right. We we know what we're doing, but the interns. Yeah. Sometimes Fuck I wonder why we're not paying them. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Are we still paying them? No, no, we're not paying them. Oh, right. I say that's good. Yeah. Are we Are we still feeding them? No. They're good, on good, their own. Good. good, good, good. I was worried because I did see there was an order come through when I had to buy an extra 16 cans of cat food. I was worried that I had to start feeding those bastards again. Nah, nah, that's okay. just for the cat. Ah, right. I'm going to feed that bastard instead. Yeah. Fucking heard me. So, <laughs> so, so what we're going to do this week, because we know we've got to catch up a lot of episodes for our wonderful listeners, um, we're going to do a season review of all of the teams in the National Rugby League in 2020. Um, we're going to do a finals preview of week one. We might also try and do a little history episode, hey? 
Yeah, we haven't done one for quite a while, so we might try and squeeze one of those in. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, man, we've also got, you know, with the finals, obviously, got all that coming up. We've also got to do Origin stuff. Mm-hmm. And there is an international game, I think it might be this weekend. Is it oh, Netherlands really? Versus, Netherlands versus Germany? All right. Let me have a look. I'm going to find it's, out what day so that time. is. that next weekend or, like, tonight or? Um, yeah, I've got to find out where that's on. Bear with me while I look on the uh, International Rugby League website. If I can remember what the website address is. It's, uh, wasn't it intrl.sport? Something like that. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Um, Netherlands and Germany named squads for the international. It's going to be played on the 26th of September, which, yeah, it might be on tonight. Yeah, it's on tonight. Where are we going to find that being played? Mm-hmm. Are there any known players to us on here? Looks like it might be all... Yeah, it's all local players for both sides. Oh, there you go. That's going Love to be awesome. those oh, no, there's Brad Billsborough from the North Wales Crusaders. He looks like he's the only one that's... Um, not playing in Germany. Did you see the West Wales uh, Raiders, I believe they're called? Mm-hmm. Is that the, that's the name of them. They're, they're the one that had that record score up against them. Um, they signed a rugby former rugby union international during the week. Yes. Ga- I th- was it Gavin Henson? Might have been. Yeah, let me see Gavin Henson. And he's like, I think he's like 38. And he said he wanted to give his give a try of rugby league, and I'm thinking to myself, man, you fucking waited too late, mate. But uh, yeah. interesting that he's given it a go. Yeah, he's he's not going to last. You reckon? I, I don't think so. What what level do they play at that? Like, the, I mean, it would be well below A grade level, I would say. Oh, look, like he could he could play at the West Wales Raiders level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. They are the worst team in third division. Yeah. Which is the third division is the lowest of the semi-professional divisions. After that, you go into the amateur comps. I feel as though I could probably do a job at this level as a winger. Yeah, you know, I could probably do a job at that level as a anything. (laughs) As, As a halfback. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good luck to him. I'm not going to bag him because he is giving it a go. But I don't know. It's uh, I'm just surprised you'd wait until you're 38 and then give it a go. I thought I feel as though if you really wanted to give it a proper try, you'd. I mean, you'd wait even at late level 32. You know. Yeah. It, it's um. It's quite a change. I don't know why you do it so, so late mm. in, your career, in your athletic career. But, yeah, more power to him. Um, good luck to him. Uh, I suppose if he does do good, it's it's going to be good for, for the West Wales team. That's true. And he can join that uh, long line of wonderful things that come out of Wales. Just, just, uh, just jog my memory on that list. It's Tom Jones. That's it. Any, any other actors and actresses? Mm-hmm. Oh, Catherine Zeta Jones too. There we go. Which <laughs> we, talked, <laughs> we talked about. Did we talk about her? In the, yeah, we talked about her in the live podcast. If yeah. you haven't heard what we said on the live podcast, you got to listen because I think we started talking about her in the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was um. Yeah, go check that out. Yes. <laughs> you'll, you'll start listening and you, you will not stop. No, that's very true. Um, I'm trying to find these details of this game between Germany and the Netherlands. Sure, it's sure it's around here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Any idea? Anybody? No? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if it's on Twitter. 
Surely the International Rugby League website should have this information. Here we go. Live stream. Okay, found it. When's it on? Uh, scheduled for the 27th of September at 12.40. Oh, it's only 25 minutes. Oh, there we go. Maybe we should do a live podcast about it on YouTube. This will be great for anyone that's listening to this after the fact, eh? Absolutely. We can do that if you want. Yeah. Well, let's wrap this one up. All right. We'll have a look into that. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, and, yeah, if you do listen to this straight away, um, there's a fair chance that you'll have probably found out about this game very close to full time. Yeah. <laughs> you missed it. You missed it. So, well done. Um, this is why you should be making sure that you always subscribe to our all of our channels, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram. They're all Virgo Freak Pod. Check us out there, and I'll shut up. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you next time.